the thing up here. Um, before I do that, do I have any other announcements? Um, I don't. Encourage your friends. We're talking about guardrail. That's the sermon series now for the next uh, couple of weeks. I, I want to challenge you. I hope last week was encouraging to you. Okay, it was good. This is, this is the word of the Lord. Now I'm just going to be honest with you. I heard these sermons. I already told you from Andy Stanley, who's, who pastors a church in North, North Point. It's near Atlanta. And it was such a great sermon series. I thought, we need this. I need this in my personal life. And I was given the CDs from our district because, as, as I've already talked to you about, our former district superintendent had a moral failure. And they said, we've got to protect the pastors. We've got to protect their families. We've got to protect the churches. That we have some guardrails to keep us from going over the edge. Amen? How do you know what a guardrail is? Okay, some of you aren't paying attention. But, okay, a car guardrail is there to protect you from a place of damage, Right? And so we see them, and, and, and we, or we don't even see them until we need them, right? Okay, how many of you have hit a guardrail before? Anybody? All right, so now you might get mad, it might, it might damage your car, but the guardrail keeps you from going over the edge into another place, or into a lake, or into another uh, place of damage. And uh, there's, there's this, uh, there, I-70 near Colorado, when you get closer to Grand Junction, there's, this, there's a place along the Colorado River, it's just wavy and windy, and, and during the wintertime, the road gets pretty slick and icy. And so they had this part, this curve along the river, and I remember driving there and, and thinking there were no guardrails there. And, and, and then the next summer they put guardrails up, and what they told me was uh, that um, people were sliding off and, and going in the river and drowning. And, and so, so they got, well, let's put some guardrails up. This is a wise thing to do. And so, so this morning we want to talk about not just guardrails. Is this it? Thanks, Dave. I left it down there, didn't I? I was nervous. Like, man, I put it down, and now it had feet, so... I'll try to catch up with you here. So, so guardrails are very important. Amen? And so this morning, again, I want to talk about... I have the definition. Do I have the definitions? Let's read the scripture first. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And look, I like how the message says it. Proverbs 13:20. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Isn't that interesting? Let me read that to you again. Out of the message, it says, Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Now, with that, we would all agree again that we need guardrails. Amen? And so God wants you to have guardrails in your life, your relationship, your everything, so that you can live the fullest life. Because God says that He comes to give us an abundant life. And so God wants you to have guardrails to keep you from going over the edge, to keep you from, from being in place. Now, sometimes, you know, guardrails are a few feet or a few yards back from where the damage or the, the danger is. In fact, there's probably places you can drive where guardrails are. But the goal of that, remember I talked about that last week, is you could be driving and all of a sudden, next thing you know what happens, poof, you go over the abyss. And so they put guardrails up to prevent you. You say, I can drive there. I can, there's room there for me to drive. You sure can, but the next thing you know, you're in, into the ditch or you're into the abyss. And you see in life, there's places where it might be a little gray place in your life. You think, well, I can be over there. It's not going to hurt me. And it may not hurt you, but then the next thing you know, because you're out of an area of safety, you're going to fall. You're going to go into, an, into a ditch or into an abyss, or you're going to get pulled down. And many of us now are, are dealing with scars and the regrets, memories, because maybe we didn't have guardrails in our lives, or we disregarded our guardrails, and we thought, I can live my life like this. I can, I can, I can drink a, a, a case of whiskey and be okay for the rest of my life. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? I can eat six boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts, and I'm going to be fine. It's not going to hurt me, right? Until the doctor starts cutting your limbs off because of sugar diabetes, right? You see what I'm saying? So, so there's some areas in our lives that, you know, I have a little wiggle room here, but what happens is as you start wiggling and you start hanging out with people who aren't so wise, 
Sometimes you fall into traps. You fall into trouble. And so I want to talk about this. So the spiritual, here we go. Let's have the definitions. You got those definitions of Merriam-Webster's dictionary says, um, feeling guarding usually against danger, especially a, a barrier placed along the edge of the highway at dangerous points. Let's hit the next one. A system designed to help keep vehicles from staying in dangerous or off-limit areas. And now here's what Andy Stanley, let's hit the next one. I like this one. A, a guardrail is a personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. So that you start setting up guardrails to say, okay, when I start bumping against this or when I start getting over this edge, there's a red light that goes off in my mind or my spirit or the Holy Spirit speaks to me and you start saying, you know what, I probably shouldn't be over here. I really shouldn't be hanging with this crowd. You know, I really shouldn't be doing this with my body. I really shouldn't be doing this with my finances because the next thing is I'm going to crash and I don't want that to happen. And so God wants to help you set up guardrails. Every one of us have different things and have different temptations. So your guardrails are going to typically be a little bit different. All of us are going to have some very similar ones. But then the rest of us, some of us, we're going to have different guardrails just because uh, one of my guardrails, let me tell you this, I love Oreo cookies. Okay, but let me preempt you. Please don't get me Oreo cookies. Because I have a hard time controlling myself with Oreo cookies. And so if I put Oreo cookies and I buy, I buy the big, you know, I'm talking about the bag, I will begin to sit down and I'll find reasons. Oh, I need to have a cookie. And, I, and when I have one cookie, I grab five or six. And so the next thing you know, by, by, by 30 minutes, I've eaten a whole bag of Oreo cookies. And so my guardrail is don't buy Oreo cookies. Don't bring them in the house because they're going to be gone you're going to be sleeping and they're going to be gone the next morning. I, and I'm not going to be able to tell you what happened to them. Except for maybe I'm going to get sick and maybe start getting a little pudgier, pudgier in, the, in the middle. So, so what I'm saying is some of our guardrails are going to be a little bit different. Amen? Now I want to talk about friendships in guardrails. Friendships, guardrails for friendships, okay? And now friends are great, amen? Come on, every, we all want friends. Friends are awesome, they're powerful, but sometimes friendships can also be dangerous, right? Amen? Because what happens with friendships is, is that we drop our guard with our friends. We, we become less careful with them. We, we begin to open up because they accept us. And because of that, they can influence us, good or bad. Would you agree? Because we drop our guard with our friends, we, we like to be accepted, and we feel accepted, we, we begin to drop our guard, and they begin to influence. How many times have you been sitting around, hey, let's take a road trip, you know, I'm like, nah. hey, yeah, and then they talk into it, right? Right? Or something like that because you with, you've been with friends. Now, that's not always a bad thing. But sometimes our friends then, if we're hanging around friends that aren't so wise, they begin to do things. We're like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to be with them. And what happens is you get in trouble. Right? Sometimes. You, you follow me? So, so listen to this. Our culture, I'm going to mention this every week and last week, our culture baits us to the, uh, the edge of the abyss. They bait us to walk on the line and they bait us to come over the line. Right? They're telling us, come on, it's, it's fun. It's, and every time they're baiting us to get closer, get closer. And then what happens is when you take the step off, then they condemn you. They say, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you allowed that to happen. I can't believe But the whole time they were baiting you. And they say, what kind of Christian are you? I can't believe you did that. And you see, that's not a good friend, is it? I don't know about you, but I don't like friends like that. They want me to have trouble and damage, and then when I do it, then they condemn me. And so I want to help you get some guardrails. And so God gives us guardrails in the Bible. And to resist these cultural temptations with, from, a, from disaster, we must have these guardrails. Amen? So let's talk about friendships. You doing good? Number one, friendships. Letter A. As you begin to get older, as you begin to get focused in on what you want to do, you, you begin to realize that some of your friends 
are moving in the opposite direction of where you want to be in your life. Have you found that? Um, next year, we'll be, I'll be having my 30-year high school reunion. I, and, and so there are people that in high school I hung out. We, we palled around. We had fun together. But as, as some of us went off to college and some went off to the military or just began to work, I began to have different goals and dreams for my life. And I began to hang around less people because, people less because they were going in an opposite direction than me. I still love them. I still have some contact, of course, through Facebook with them. But I don't, I don't hang with them anymore because they're going in a different direction. And that's not always a bad thing. But sometimes, though, those who are going the opposite direction, instead of you being a light to them, what do they end up doing? They tend to pull you back. They tend to keep you. So some of you, you're in a place now, you're saying, you know what, I'm going this way in my life, and I want, I want to do this. And those guys, that was fun. I mean, I, at the last high school reunion, our 20-year, there was a guy, and I talked to you about this, and he was still living like he was 18 years old, partying every weekend. I don't know how many marriages he's gone through. You know, I mean, just beating people up because, you know, he's a big guy and that's just the way he lived. And I thought, my, my goodness, you know, that was almost ten, nine years ago now. And so I'm thinking, this, this guy's never grown up. I, I don't want to hang around a guy like that. You know, I don't want to live in that, uh, you know, I don't want to live in the 80s anymore. You know what I'm talking about? And so, so I want to go forward with what God has for my life. And so what happens, some of your friends begin to move in opposite directions. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Okay? So the Bible is saying, Don't be misled. Bad company can corrupt you. Amen? Not always, but it can. And so, so we all enjoy good friendships, but some of us need to say, You know, I need to put some guardrails because I'm going this way and I don't want to go that way. And I, I don't hate my friends. I don't, I'm judging them, but I just don't want to go that way. So you need guardrails. You need to say, I need to have some things in my life that are going to protect me. Because again, you're going to realize your posse, your crew, your egos, whatever, they're beginning to move in an opposite direction. You say, that's not my goal. And you should say, God, help me to set up some guardrails because I don't want to be on the wrong side. I don't want to be on the other side. Amen? The letter B. This opposing tension begins early. How many of you know that? Not only does it happen in high school, in fact, some of us, we maybe didn't understand this as a kid, but our parents began to freak out. Remember that? They began to freak out with people that we hung out with. Some of you, right? And so, so our parents, they, they freaked out about you know, who we hung out with. And, and they said, don't hang out with that person. Don't go to their house. Don't, don't be in their house. Don't, I don't want to see you with them. Right? Some of you had those parents, right? And you thought, what is wrong with my parents? They're some kind of a control freak. What, what, why, what, what's their issue? And, some, and some, maybe some of our parents actually moved us from certain neighborhoods. Some of our parents transferred us from school or, or maybe a school district. And all of our parents said, you can't hang out with them. I don't want you spending the night over there. I don't want you in their house. Because, and you say, well, why? Their parents are never home so we can do what we want. And you just answered your question. Because sometimes kids and teenagers without adult supervision do things that are not so wise, right? And so your parents were looking out for you because they knew that God had a plan for your life. God had something special and He didn't want it to be wrecked, friends being careless or foolish, amen? And so this tension began early. Now, check this out. Parents, we have this thing called electronic surveillance today. It's called Facebook. It's called Twitter. It's called, I can check my daughter's email or emails and, and internet usage and, and text messages. Isn't that awesome? Some of you are like, this isn't awesome. You teenagers, you think you're like, you're just putting words out there all the time and you think your parents don't see that? 
Well, I'm not befriended. Your parents can still check your text. In fact, this is pretty cool. Andy Stanley relates to this. He said that he was on his family vacation and his son, oldest son, was, had put on his Facebook, he said, I'm bored out of my mind. And he was bored out of his mind because he was on the family vacation. So a friend of theirs in Atlanta, they were on the beach somewhere, Atlanta, saw that, texted Andy's brother-in-law who was with them on vacation and, and, and his brother went upstairs to the bedroom and Andy's uh, young, oldest son was closing the top on his laptop and he said, so you're bored out of your skull, huh? Electronic surveillance, it's awesome. So kids, teens, we're watching you. I'm just kidding. Kind of. We're watching you. Because we care. And you see, friends, there are people that don't care about life. And so you've got to set up some guardrails. You've got to say, man, I need to have some guardrails. And so then the next thing after parents, this tension begins early, let her see, is your friends can determine the direction and quality of your life. Amen? Some of you, please don't raise your hand. Some of you in this room, as I'm talking about this, you're thinking, I wish I would have never hung around that person. I wish I would have never got involved with that place. I wish I never would have been with those people because now I have some regrets. Now I have some damage in my life. The good news is God can redeem us and restore us. But also He can give you wise counsel that you're going to say, I'm going to stay away from these kind of people because I don't want my life to be in the ditch. Amen? Before I'm 20 or before I'm 30. Or I don't want my life to be ruined because I made some wrong friends. You see, friends can be good or bad, and they can determine the quality and direction of your life. Letter D, and this again I've talked about it, when accepted, we drop hard. Letter D, we drop magnets. You see that? We are acceptance magnets. We reject, we reject those who, who reject us, okay? We're repelled by that, and we're attracted by acceptance, right? Everyone wants to be accepted. Is that true? Everybody wants to be accepted. And like as I said, when, when you're around people who accept you, you drop your guard and you're the most susceptible to their influence. Okay, so then letter E, acceptance leads to influence. And when we're in that environment, good or bad, we're open to their thoughts, we're open to their ideas, we're open to their wisdom, which is not always bad. But if they're giving us bad wisdom, they're giving us bad data, it can be bad, Right? And so you've got to have guardrails before you get in relationships. That's fine. I'm still their friend, but these are the guardrails I will not go beyond. And because if you don't have guardrails, you're going to just go wherever and whatever. Amen? And so in, in friendships, say, you know what? They can influence me. And so again, some of you teenagers, some of you young people, you're like, I, I wish my parents would get off my back about my friends. It's because they love me. And, and to be honest with you, some of us older people, I know I'm still kind of young, we've been there when we've had bad friends trying to pull us into the ditch. And we're just trying to say, man, we love you. We don't want you in that ditch. We don't want you having the regrets that we have or wasted time because of the things that we did because we didn't have guardrails in our lives. So teenagers, when you think your parents hate you, they actually love you. Amen? Amen? That's good preaching, right? All right. Or when you think your pastor hates you because he's like preaching hard, he loves you. He wants to help you. Amen. Microphone issues again. It's um, no, it's gone now. One minute. We're trying. We're talking. I'm talking. All right. In a, there we go. Now, now can you hear me? Let me start from the beginning again. 
I hope you heard some of that. I hope I yelled at that you heard some of this. So, okay, let me go back at least to this. Um, when accepted, we drop our guard. Let me move on to letter E, acceptance leads to influence. Now let's go to F, all right? Letter F is, is because friends can be dangerous, we need guard. Okay, I'm kind of, I'm getting, I'm going over and over and over again because I want you to grasp this, amen? You see, the, the thing that makes friendship so great also makes them dangerous. And you see, our greatest regrets don't revolve around our enemies. And I'm not here to judge you, but I bet some of us, your first cigarette, your first beer, your first toke, your first breaking the law, you do it with friends. Right? Not your enemies, because you dropped your guard. That first time you did something you knew your mom and dad didn't want you to do is because you were with friends. And again, some of it's just the foolishness of youth, and I understand that, but, but you've got to say everything that I do today can affect my, my tomorrow, next week, next month. Amen? You see, our friends can pull us away because we're just trying to be cool. We're trying to be accepted. They can pull us away from God's plan. And you've got to say, okay, this is God's plan for my life, and I don't want anything pulling away. If that means I lose friends, so be it. If they call me old fuddy-duddy or whatever, religious weirdo, that's fine because this is God's call for my life. Amen? So you must decide today, if my friends are moving in the opposite direction, I can still love them, but this is my life, and I'm just not going to hang around them as much as I, as I used to. Amen? You must decide that you need guardrails to keep you from impending danger. Now, let's talk about some important uh, friendship principles, okay? Let me read this to you. Proverbs 13.20. Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion, a companion of fools suffers harm. This is Solomon speaking. Solomon was the wisest man on the earth at the time, and unfortunately he began to hang around some wrong people. He lost his guardrails, Okay? And so he, he, he knew from experience, he said, He who walks with the wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Again, I'm going to read it out of the message. It says, Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Okay, so the promise. Here's the promise in the scripture. When you walk with the wise, you will be wise. Right? You walk with the wise, you become wise. The consequence is the companion, of, the companion of fools suffers harm. Are you following that? The promise from God is if you walk with the wise, you will be wise. If you partner and hang out with fools, you're going to suffer harm. Right? Let me talk about this for a few minutes. Are you following me? Are you hearing me? Letter A, all life is connected. I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to this microphone. All right. All of life is connected. Right? Okay, here's what I mean. All of life is connected by this. What you do today will impact your tomorrow. What we did 10 years ago, we're paying for today, good or bad. What we did 30 years ago, good or bad, we're feeling the effects of it today. Again, I talked about this. Is um, Today, we have a huge, and I'm not here judging you at all, but I'm just saying today we have a huge rise in adult-onset diabetes because we have more sweets, we have more junk food, and we think we can eat junk from our, our 10-year-old, 20-year-old, 30-year-old, and we're paying the price now. 
Amen. I told you last week, some of you said, I changed my lifestyle because my mom died of a stroke when she was 64. My dad died of cancer when he was 76. I made some changes in my life. So you know what? I am not the healthiest person. I was, you know, and I changed some things in my life. I said, I want to be around for my kids. I mean, great. My mom was 64, but she died of a stroke. My dad was 70 because died of cancer. Now, I know cancer, you can't always control it. It just hits us. And I hate cancer. But I said, if at all possible, I'm going to make changes now while I'm still, I was still kind of in my, I don't know, my 40s-ish early. And I said, I'm going to change now so that my life will live longer. And I'm, I'm going to, this is what I'm saying, is, is everything we do today will affect our tomorrow. Hanging out with people you think aren't going to affect your lives can affect your tomorrow. Or your Next year, or you're 10 years down the road. So all of life is connected, amen? Are you following me? So wise people understand that if I abuse my body today, I'm going to pay the price tomorrow, right? There are no isolated relationships. There are no isolated events. There are no isolated habits. There are no isolated thought patterns. What I think about today is, is going to affect my life tomorrow, right? And so, so we, we live in this world where we think, I can do what I want, what I want, how I want. You sure can, but you're going to pay a price, good or bad. Right? I mean, you can do good things, and you're going to, it's going to be good. It's going to pay off dividends for you. Right? You're going to reap what you sow. A wise person makes decisions not based on the now, but the based on tomorrow. Sure, you can have that new car. You can have that, that new thing, but you're going to pay a price. Right? You can sit out in the sun while you're 15 and 20 all you want without sunscreen, but you're going to pay a big price. You see what I'm saying? You th- when we're younger, we think we're indestructible. Right? We think we can bounce back. But what happens is you begin to pay the price. I'm not here to judge you, but I'm just saying you've got to live your life knowing that everything is connected. And the wise person makes their decisions on, on that concept. Okay? Now, letter B, wisdom is contagious. Wisdom is contagious. Again, remember the promise is wisdom is contagious. Hanging with wise people will make you wiser. Now, you might think, well, if I'm hanging out with fools, I'm going to be a fool. That's not always the case, okay? But when you're around people that are wise, it rubs off on you. Proverbs 14.8 says, The prudent understand where they're going, but fools deceive themselves. The prudent understand where they're going, but fools deceive themselves. Proverbs 15.32 He who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. Check this out. Fools will hurt those who are around them. Letter C, fools will hurt those who are around them. Okay, again, warning. Being with a fool will not always make you a fool, but being with a fool, you will suffer harm because fools don't care. Okay, we'll talk about that in a moment. But, but hanging around with them, you may never behave like a fool. You may not do what they do, but because you're hanging around them, you're going to possibly get yourself into trouble. I remember a college roommate of mine uh, in, one of, in the house I lived in. There were about three of us there. And he said, and he and related to us, he said he had a, a, a falling in his spiritual life that he began to hang around his friends because he wanted to have his friends who were out drinking every weekend. He wanted to know Jesus. So he began to go to the bars with them. You already know where this is going, aren't you? Guess who started drinking? My friend. My roommate. Because he was around that place and it began to pull him down. And so, he, of course, he woke up and he said, I can't do that. So he, he pulled out of that. But he, so, so the thing is, fools will pull you down. Right? 
And over time, they will impact your lives, whether you believe it or not. You know, you pastor stand, you don't know me, I'm safe, you know, and, and that might be the case for a while. Okay, but letter D, let, let me tell you what happens when you're around fools. Letter D, fools don't care. A fool, this is the definition, a fool is a person that knows the difference between right and wrong, but they don't care. They don't care that you're in the car and they're doing drugs. They don't care. They don't care that they're drunk and you're in the car with them. They don't care. That's a fool, right? Because you, you, you can't answer a fool. You can't tell the fool, hey, man, you're going to go down the wrong direction. They're gonna, oh, they're not going to go, oh, I'm glad you told me. They're going to say, who cares? You're dumb anyway. You know, just buy me some more drugs or buy me some more beer. Let's go have fun. In fact, the scripture says this. It says about making, trying to correct a fool or a mocker. It says, whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. You see, so, so sometimes a fool just has to crash and burn. But when, if you're with them, you're going to crash and burn with them. Amen? You know that? Amen? You see, because fools live their lives as if all of life is not connected. They're going to say, it doesn't matter what I did yesterday. It's not going to affect my tomorrow. It doesn't matter what I do today. It's not going to affect me six months or down, a year down the road. They just don't care. They don't care how it affects your life either. So the letter E is no one is immune. No one is immune from the shrapnel of a fool's life. I, I was reminded that last year, of course, it's the season of graduations. Excuse me. It's the season of graduations and now parties happen and all that kind of stuff. And I was reminded last year that there were three Magruder High School teenagers killed in a drunk driving accident because the driver was drunk. You see, when you're with fools, you're going to be affected by their lifestyle because they don't care about you. Right? And you say, well, I'll never adopt their way of thinking. I'll never do what they do. But you see, maybe the, the kids in the car weren't drinking, but the driver was drinking. The shrapnel of this kid's bad decision killed three lives, and he walked away from it. Even if you don't do what they do, just being with them is going to cause you trouble. Because listen to this. Let me, let me read this so I don't get it wrong. If you have friends who don't care about their lives, they're not going to care about your life. If you have friends that don't take care of themselves, they're not going to be very good at taking care of you. You follow me? If, if a group of people you hang with aren't concerned about their marriages... They're not going to be concerned about your marriage. Are you following me? If a group is not connected, concerned about their reputation, they will not work hard to care about your reputation. If they're careless with their finances, they're going to be equally careless with your finances. Do you see what I'm saying? A fool doesn't care. And you think, well, they're cool. I love hanging out with them. But you see, you're going to, you're going to hit some damage. Well, I'm different, Pastor. It hasn't happened. Solomon says, don't fool yourself. When you walk with the wise, you're going to become wise. But the companion of fools will have harm in their lives. Okay? I love you. Hang out long enough with these fools, and the explosion of these fools' decisions are going to ruin your life. Or damage your life. Or cause regrets. Or put you in a ditch. I love you, man. I want the best for you. And we've got to wake up sometimes for those people around us. Amen? We've got to have some guardrails. Are you following me? So let me give you five guardrails, okay? Andy Stanley came up with these. I love them. I think they're great. So, so if you want the great life that God has for you, 
You must establish some guardrails that will protect you. Here's just five basic ones that can help you. You can come up with more. But here's a guardrail. Okay, here's a guardrail that, that should bump up against your life. Letter A is your, your core group isn't moving in the same direction you want your life to be moving. If your core group is going in the opposite direction, that should be a guardrail for you. You're saying, they're going this way, and you know that's, that's fine for them, but I'm going this way. So that should be a guardrail. They're always going places you don't want to go. They're always doing things you don't want to do. That's probably a guardrail telling, you know what, I need to head back to this direction. Amen? You should say, I'm concerned that we're always in the wrong place at the wrong time, or we're always doing this. You think, yeah, well, I, I'm, no, I, I'm no worse for it. As a church, we are trying to help you. We want, we're, we're working hard every year to move you from sitting in rows to sitting in circles. Life circles, life groups. And you see, some of you, you cannot get out of that cycle of hanging on these people until you begin to make some other friendships and start hanging on people who have same likes and interests or who, who really are concerned for your life. And something we're trying to do, and this is why Pastor Stan tries to do this every year, is we're trying to start life groups because we need to sit in circles, not just in rows. Because when you sit with wise people, you become what? When you hang out with fools, you're going to have harm. And so we're trying to move you from sitting in rows on Sunday morning and say, you know, I'm going to make some time and I'm going to hang out with some wise people once a week. Once every two weeks, just so I can hang out with some wise people who have some common interests and they're going the same direction I'm going. Amen? So we're trying, we want you to get involved in life groups and life circles and Bible studies, Sunday school class, because we want you to live a full life and the life that God has for you. Amen? So, so you have to break from these. Letter B, if you catch yourself, here's a guardrail, if you catch yourself pretending to be someone other than who you really are. That is the worst compromise of your, your personal integrity is if you're catching yourself saying, you know what, when I'm with this group of people, I pretend. Or when I'm with this group of people, I try really hard to fit in that, though it's not who I am. I, I forget certain values and I'm moving away from real life. That should really, really bother you. If you're trying so hard to be someone you're not, that really should really bother you. That should be a guardrail, Amen. Come on, church, is this good or not? This is good preaching. If your family says to you, you know what, when you hang out with the ladies and when you come back, you're a different person. And they're looking at you with this look like, that means it's not good. When they're, when they're like this, that, you know, like when I used to go to Promise Keepers, my wife loved it when I came back to Promise Keepers. That's a good group to hang out with. Right? You see what I'm saying? So if, if your family says, what's wrong with you? You're, whenever you hang out with those people, you're different. That should bother you. Amen? That's a guardrail in your life. So you know what? These people are not being a positive influence on my life. Amen? Are you following me? Well, I'm trying to witness them. Remember my college roommate? Trying to witness his buddies at the bar? Himself started getting drunk. It didn't help him. Amen? I love you, man. I want the best for you. Letter C, you feel pressure to compromise. You feel pressure to compromise. When, when what has never been a temptation to you before suddenly becomes a live option. When, when something was never a temptation to you before is now a live option, that should bother you. That should be a guardrail in your life. Amen? You, that's the Holy Spirit saying to you, you don't, you don't want to go there. You shouldn't do that. Do you see what I'm saying? Because listen, compromise is subtle. It's slick. It begins to pull you. It begins to draw. Remember I told you the world is baiting you to the edge of... Disaster. They're calling you. Come on, it'll be fun. And they're always drawing you closer and closer and closer until you go over the edge. 
And you see, what happens with compromise is we begin to talk ourselves into it. We begin to dumb down our conscience. We begin to, to say, you know what? It's okay for me to do that. And that's how subtle it is. It begins to pull you. And you begin to veer off into a ditch, possibly into an abyss where you have some regrets. So, so that should be a guardrail in your life. Amen? Your conscience should be sending you warnings that this is not good behavior. Letter D. Letter D, you hear yourself saying, I will go, but I won't participate. I will go, but I won't participate. If, if you say that, that's a big guardrail. Because if you're, again, you're compromising who you are to be with people that aren't who you are, and you're saying, I'm just going to go, but I won't participate. I'll just be, I'll just, just be near them. I, I won't do what they're doing. I'm just going to hang out. Remember what Solomon said? A companion of fools will suffer harm. It doesn't say might. It says will suffer harm. Harm. Do you hear this? Because you see, you never know when they're going to get busted. You never know when the driver is going to be drunk. You never know when they're going to do something and you're going to just be with them and you're going to get labeled with them and get pulled into with them. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you following me? Well, I'm not going to participate. That should be a wake-up call to you. If I have to say that to be to justify being with people, then that's probably not a good thing. That's a guardrail. Amen. This should make you reconsider. The last one is this, letter E. The last one is this, is you, you hope the people you care about the most don't find out where you've been or who you've been with. This is a big one. You hope the people you care about the most don't find out where you've been or who you've been with. That should be a big guardrail in your life. Amen? This should like, this is the, when you're slamming into the guardrails, this should wake you up. You say, well, not because that you're going to necessarily do something wrong, but again, you're hanging with people that don't care about your life. And you see, listen to this. When you've already, in your mind, begun to create a defense to defend while, why you're with those people, you're going down the wrong road. Remember I talked about that a few weeks. If you have to make a reason why you did that, then you probably shouldn't do that. If you have to come up with some kind of a logical argument so that when your family, your friends, your co-worker, your neighbor, your, your Christian friend says to you, what were you doing with those people? Well, and you have this pre-thought. Remember that? Some of you as kids, you remember you did that? When I, when I was a kid, I used to break things sometimes. My brothers used to break things. I'm sorry. My brothers used to break things. And I would have a reason why. I would make a reason why I, I broke my dad's tools. Dad, this thing happened and it wasn't me, you know, and I had to come up with reasons. When you have to make reasons like that, you are doing something you shouldn't be doing. Amen? If you have to say that because you're, you're going to hang with these people, you have to make a reason, you have to make up excuses, that should be a huge guardrail in your life. Amen? You see, culture, culture says it doesn't matter who you are. Or as long as you don't do this, and wisdom says it does matter who I am, and it does matter who I'm with, and it does matter what they do and say because it will affect my life. Right? There is a limit. This should be a guardrail. Here's the last few thoughts, and we're going to pray in a few moments. Some of us in this room, as I was talking, the Holy Spirit began to speak to you about a certain group of people or a person or some friends that maybe you should draw back from. It's not because God hates them. And God doesn't want you to hate them. He just wants what's best for your life. And God is beginning to speak to some of you. So, you know what? I need to stop hanging with them because they're going down the wrong road. I don't have to be rude to them. I can just say, you know what? This is where I'm going. Love you guys, but this is where I'm going. 
You see, the problem is, is if, if you don't change, if you don't put some guardrails up, you're going to end up going off on the edge with them. And you see, the thing is, God has called you to a healthy spiritual life so that when they do go off the edge, you can lift them up. Because you see, when your full friends are parachuting off the cliff and, they're, and they land in trouble, guess who they come to? They come to the goody two-shoe people. You know, maybe you're at the office and they're like, oh, don't invite them. They, they Don't invite them. They never come to our stuff. Who do they come to when they've crashed? You, me, the ones that they don't invite to the parties anymore. Because we have some sense. We have health to us. And they want that health. They're looking for answers. And so if we're always in the ditch with them and we have broken legs and broken lines, we can't help them up. Do you see what I'm saying? So stay healthy. So they might mock you. They might make fun of you. They might. Ju- I mean, I, I had some of that in high school and in college, and, and I said, that's fine. This is my life. This is where I want to go. You can laugh at me all you want, but this is where I want to go. Because God has a call in my life. And he said, well, that was you, Pastor Shane. You have a pastoral call. Every one of you have a call from God on your life. And you've got to set up now in your mind, this is my life God's called me to, and I'm not going to let foolish decisions or foolish people wreck my life. So you've got to decide now, I've got to get some guardrails in my life so that, yes, when my full friends are, are, are in the ditch, I can lift them up with the love of God. I can have compassion on them. I can help them up. And God can restore them. Do you see what I'm saying? You have to make some guardrails. You have to make some decisions. You have to make a tough call. And you have to be intentional about living wise. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to have a time of prayer. Please stand with me. Please, please don't leave yet. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28-30, I believe I have scriptures, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Maybe some of you are in that ditch today. Maybe some of you have fallen off. Maybe some of you say, you know what, I need to accept this Jesus. I need to take his yoke. I need to take him up on his call to rescue me. I love that song that we sing. Came to my rescue, I called, and he answered. You see, maybe, maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never crossed that line yet. This is a good line to cross. To say, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior right now. I want to be 